So I've got, I don't know if Steve mentioned any point or if you listened to the last episode, but I got a soundboard now. Uh, that play, that feeds into the recording and would feeds you, into. Would the you call. believe, Richie? It's not the first thing that I tell people when I speak to them in the past two weeks. I don't. And now that I now that I realize, I I I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed that it hasn't been. That's why I think of you. <laughs> but uh, Peter, it's do you good, have good like to a, see. Good to see you've kept the uh, the tone high throughout the course. It's gone, of high, the it's gone higher, fan. <laughs> Uh, Peter do you have like a song or anything that like gets you particularly psyched if so and maybe we'll do like a custom intro for you because I can just pipe that in while we introduce you um is there a song that gets me hyped yeah no probably <laughs> just the sound of Noam Chomsky getting angry that's that gets me <laughs> That gets me. Okay. That's very specific. <laughs> no, I, I, there's a song. I, okay, so my walk-up music in baseball uh, has always been a song called The State of Massachusetts by the Dropkick Murphys. Okay, perfect. That's Yeah, that's a walk-in song. That is exactly, exactly, that's probably the, 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 the phrasing I should have used. Okay, so we'll do that and we'll do like a custom intro for you. That's All right. incredible. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome to the show for one final time. He's the mayor who cares. He's the Gale Gore that all the guys adore. Tall, dark, and handsome. All that and then some. It's Peter Kavna. Welcome to the show, Peter Kavna. Oh God. Keep going, Richie. No. <laughs> you started this train. You got to go to the end of the tracks. <laughs> this train keeps on rolling. I am. Yeah, welcome. That welcome is. Back. That is how did you? How did you know? How did you know that um, Thomas the Tank Engine was the soundtrack of my youth? I just looked at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man who looks a bit like the fat controller. If he'd let himself go, <laughs> you got a Ringo Starr kind of vibe. Thomas was a very useful engine. <laughs> but Harold, Harold the helicopter, he was a prick. <laughs> oh. oh man uh are we gonna do a what is what i'm i feel like if you don't know by now it's down. too late it's too late now <laughs> So it's more of a, a what was. What was? What was it? <laughs> what was it? Peter, what was it? It was it was all things to all people. <laughs> <clears throat> what was it to you though? It was special. I thought um it was a, an uncondescending explainer of basic political concepts and some complicated political concepts. I liked it. I think you guys I think you guys did a great job. I'm disappointed you're winding down, but to be honest with you, look, as a fellow podcaster. Isn't it really fucking difficult to just keep coming up with ideas? <laughs> like, all the time. It is. It is. It is. And it's not, yeah, because, like, you and you don't, like, our whole thing was, like, we don't want to, we don't want to hate it. <laughs> yeah. We don't want yeah. this to be, like, a child that we end up despising because it took away the best years of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> that was a strange way to go there, Richie. <laughs> Hello, I'm Steve, this is Richie, and this is our bastard son, <laughs> What on politics? <laughs> Back it's in your cage, the best years. I used to have so many dreams and aspirations, <laughs> and now I am barren. That was a very nice. That was a very nice 
uh, few words there, Peter. Thank yeah, you. I was actually just yeah. thinking if we had been able to explain the show like that over these past five years, maybe more people would have stayed on board. Maybe would maybe we'd still be going. Between that and this new soundboard, I think it would have injected a <laughs> this, level of the soundboard. Life and, the soundboard, like I mean, soundboard's coming in five years too late. That's that's just I know. my wife. Yeah, that's that's what we needed. Right there through those. What am democracy? Well, explained in fart noises and Borat quotes. <laughs> it's not far from what we've been doing anyway. It's just more automated. <laughs> it's a more streamlined process now. Because. Because you know that, like we wrapped up, we wrapped up Mother Folklore. Um, yes, yes. Just a few, just a few short months ago, and mm. like one of the things that will happen, and this will happen to you all the time, is you will think of something or you'll read something, and you go, "Oh, that'd be class episode." Oh no, that will happen. Uh, Prepare yourself. Where do you cha- where do you channel that when that happens? I just keep the group chat going. <laughs> we just uh-huh. go, we literally just tell each other in the WhatsApp chat that would have been a class episode, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still I don't, want to, say, well, I still don't just, want to do any more podcasts. Like, we're you can have a finished. group chat with all of your former listeners, and say, but that's just like a mailing list. Yeah, no, we do have we a do Discord. A we, we kept the Discord server going, so all of our you go. all of our former Patreons um, have access to the the Discord server. In fact, just about anyone has access to the Discord server now at this stage because it's not a it's not an access only thing. So. There's still people talking about Irish Irish words and words from Ireland, uh, which is really cool. It's a lovely community. They're great people. Uh, I do miss doing podcasts, but I don't miss the pressure of having to come up with ideas all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then something happens like a guest lets you down or something like that, and it's like, oh, it's it's another episode where it lets it's, you down in a scheduling sense or lets you down emotionally. And it, well, they, either or, but at least if they let you down emotionally, they're in the studio. <laughs> I mean, still, that's still content. Oh, yeah, that's still content, exactly. That but shit when still they, uploads. Yeah, when they let you down from a scheduling point of view or when something happens and then all of a sudden you realise, oh, right, we have to do another podcast where it's two men talking about things. <laughs> that, what a novel concept in the podcasting yeah, space. That's, that's an original and fresh take on things, isn't it? Three men talking <laughs> about things is fine, though, isn't it? Three men, yeah, three white men with facial hair. That's yeah. just like everyone the same age, same sexuality, probably the same edge, cutting edge in the podcasting space. Yeah. Oh, um. I've nothing on my soundboard that can soften that. <laughs> Did you not find Noam Chomsky getting really wah, angry? Wah, wah, wah. My wife. <laughs> Noam Chomsky saying my wife. <laughs> I do have, I do have one that I, uh, Jer, a friend of the show, chopped up nine individual MP3s and sent me this so I can go. Hello, Smithers. You're quite good at turning me on. It's like watching Beethoven play, I'm sure. <laughs> why did he Why did he need to chop up different MP3s when that's the quote? <laughs> I, because then I can go Hello turning me quite <laughs> And you know, the utility speaks for itself. Yes. You paid five thousand euros for that. Yeah. <laughs> we blew all our microphone money on mp3s <laughs> we just get into the topic then oh yeah politics you're, you're now you're, you're you've you like a poke the pokemon of old have evolved from whatever lowly <laughs> starter pokemon you were before peter mm-hmm. to your now ultimate form a legendary pokemon a moltres if you will shiny and you're now a mare there are 150 Pokemon in my book, and that's enough. So you're going to need to bring that shit back old school. Moltres is old go. school. Moltres is, is one of the original. 
Yeah, it's one of the legendary birds. Well, then, listen, let's be fair. I'll be real with you. You're going to need to bring it back to the three starter Pokemons on the Game <laughs> Boy because that's All right. basically you're, her. You're, you're a Squirtle. Yeah, but now I'm War Turtle. But now, <laughs> you're not a Blastoise yet. But how does it feel? <coughs> that bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume you're referring to uh, my mayoralty, which, um, got to be honest with you, feels pretty excellent. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a real honor, obviously, but it's also just just cool. It's just it's just so cool. You it's get a chains. great job. Yeah, you get the bling, which is heavy. Um, it is heavy, and you have to wear it everywhere. Psychologically so developing. De- what, no, what does it look like no for physically. like our, our our listeners who don't aren't familiar with the re- whole regalia? Yeah, it's a big gold chain. With loads of little it's, circles and stuff. It's got it? links, yeah. It's got links, and the names of all the former mayors are um, engraved on the links. And what? It's got a Whoa. big heavy, uh, and it's the crest. It's the crest of South Dublin County. Um, so wait, if if this kept on going for a hundred years, like presuming we don't, you know, if we don't go into anarchy and stuff like that, does that mean that you know your grandson is going to have to wear it with one hundred names on it, and it's going to be like trailing along behind him? Um, if my kids or grandkids go into politics, I'm probably going to um, uh, freak out at them and try and stop them. Um, we'll get to that question but, later. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, now you just keep adding, keep adding links and it goes down the back. Yeah, you can do it. Like if you have a look at the, if you have a look at the one that the, the Lord Mayor of Dublin City Council wears, that chain goes all the way down. Right you see, you hardly ever see it. You only ever see the pictures of the front. You see the bit so in front. From behind right them, it actually goes, like it goes down to Stephen's green. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it never leaves the mansion house, basically. The, the back of the chain is always in the mansion house, no matter yes. where they go. In fact, their jurisdiction goes as far as from the mansion house to as far as the chain will extend. <laughs> you know, actually, you want to know something cool? You know how far the, the jurisdiction of Dublin City Council is determined? Every year. Dublin every City? Year, right? No, well, yeah, there's that, right? But every how how big is Dublin City? And I'm answering. Bleeding massive. Don't don't jump in. It is bleeding massive, so it is. Does um, the mayor stand on a hill and piss into the prevailing wind and wherever it lands? <laughs> no, it's cooler than that. And not you're not as likely to soil your own trousers. Um, the why would you piss into the prevailing wind? <laughs> yeah, sorry, with the prevailing wind. <laughs> so uh, no, you never good into politics, so, Richie. The Lord Mayor of Dublin every year gets onto a boat, goes out into Dublin Bay and throws a spear into the sea. What? Yeah, this is, honestly, this happens every single year. And however far into the Irish Sea that spear goes, that's the jurisdiction of of Dublin City Council for that year. Could now. All right. For the water people or? Yeah. And it kills, it kills a merman every year. <laughs> merman, mayor. You killed a merman. If, if we got a particularly yoked yeah. person to throw the spear, could, yeah. could we, like, get it to England? <laughs> I think we could successfully annex the Isle of Man. All right. With a good throw. That's good achievable. Throw. But then we'd have yeah. to have the Isle of Man. <laughs> Damn. I believe the crack is 90 there, according to reports. I believe driving on the roads, you can drive at 90. Yeah, they don't have speed. Think, they don't have speed restrictions. Think th- I think that I think they brought in some sort of an like some sort of a speed restriction or something recently because of the amount of lunatics who learned. The internet's a powerful and dangerous thing. 
as soon as people were able to learn that, uh, you know, <laughs> there's no speed limits on the Isle of Man, people were going to the Isle of Man. Before we get into the nitty and gritty of being a mayor and how fun it is and how not fun it is and how it works and all that, can we just address a big one first? So listeners who don't keep up with Irish political news may not be aware, but the last time you were on the show, you were talking a lot about running for the Green Party. But now you are not a member of the Green Party. No, now I'm an independent, an independent, which is which is a kind of a curiously Irish thing. There are not a lot of independents around the world, except in Ireland, quite common, one or two other juris- jurisdictions. Um, like we have a, a, a weird system of politics where you know we we tend to say all politics is local, so independents can succeed and become successful on a national stage, even an international stage. We have independent. MEPs, which is Nuts. highly unusual in the European Parliament. Um, uh, yeah, I'm an independent. I left the Green Party in, uh, I think it was the 28th of January, 2021. So um, I left um, because the Greens uh, went into government with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. I was a member of the Green Party who spoke against going into government. And I was, you know, to be honest with you, I was disappointed that we decided to go into government, but when you join a team, you kind of respect the decisions of the team and uh, you just go with it. So I was rolling with it and I was still a front bench spokesperson. I was still sort of managing the Irish language portfolio for the party. And I, you know, was honoured to play a part in in even the negotiations, even though I, I ultimately spoke against going in. I played a role in the negotiations, tried to get the best deal we could. Um, and then just the tone of conversation internally in the party changed and I kind of, I felt like I'd been sort of marked out because I had spoken at the convention and I had made a sort of a speech uh, asking people not to vote for this programme for government. Um, I, I tended to get a lot of um, a lot of anonymous emails and a lot of late night phone calls and a lot of abuse. Um, and then when it kind of, it went from abusive to, to threatening at one stage and then so I just I made all the formal complaints went down all the the proper channels and uh, when nothing was done about it I just sort of well you know not worth it not worth it life's too short um, and uh, yeah great to be honest with you stand over the decision I, I sleep a lot better <laughs> yeah. uh, as a result um, but yeah but look I still have a lot of friends in the Green Party um, and uh, on South Dublin County Council, where I have the honour of serving as mayor, I'm still working as part of a team of four councillors, two of whom are in the Green Party and two of whom used to be in the Green Party. And we still work well together because we still believe in all the same things. It's mm. just differences of opinion. And some people, unfortunately, in politics, and it happens a lot, some people are not able to treat differences of opinion as differences of opinion, especially when you're ostensibly supposed to be on the same team. And, like, and I'm, I'm not saying that that means like, oh, you know, we should all be friends with the Nazis or, you know, communists and Nazis should be able to have a point together. It, like, no, but people who ostensibly are, you know, striving for the same goals should be able to have civil disagreements. And unfortunately, you know, some people aren't. And um, yeah, so that's that's why I'm no longer uh, a member of the Green Party of Ireland uh, mm-hmm. and why I am a political independent. Uh, which is, you know, it's odd because I've never really, I've never really wanted, I, it's not that like I wanted to be a politician and, uh, you know, just picked the Greens. It's like the Greens picked me and I didn't think I'd be a politician before that. Uh, so it's a bit, look, it's a bit unusual and massively life-changing after dedicating a very long period of time and three elections in 12 months, lads. 
three elections in 12 months. Um, so yeah, it's a big, it was a big, big decision. But uh, look, one, I'm ultimately glad I took and I'm glad I still have a great working relationship and I still have friends in the Green Party and I'm still in close contact with a lot of them. Uh, I'm still very green. I'm still an environmentalist. I still believe in all the same things. I think fundamentally there are different ways about going out and trying to achieve those things. And I'm happy to have that disagreement. I'm happy to have that argument and I'm happy to keep it, keep it, keep it cool, keep it civil. Well, let's stop talking about the past and talk about <laughs> what you're doing right now. The um, present. The present. <laughs> the president. So, uh, what, so let's talk about like how you actually became the mayor uh, and like what that process was like. What was the decision? Like what were all the things that led up to it and how did it go down? Um, yeah, so uh, this is, it's kind of, a, it's, it's a complex one. Being mayor, like in order to be elected mayor, you're not voted directly by the voters. Mm. Um, you know, you've been voted in as a county councillor, so you are a member of local government. And then it's a question of getting your fellow councillors to support you as mayor. So it's my like, colleagues... It's kind of like how we do the Taoiseach, as opposed to the yeah, president. Yeah, that's it. Like, exactly, yeah. Um, it's the one who gets the most votes uh, internally of the people who have been elected. So um, my colleagues in the Green Party, um, when I was still in the Green Party, when we, when we joined the county council as councillors. Uh, there were four of us and we we made an agreement with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, um, to be a controlling group and some independents to be a controlling group in the uh, in in the county council um, so that we would have 21 votes so we would be the majority so we would get to choose who'd be mayor who'd be deputy mayor and so on and so forth. So the, the terms of the agreement were that the Green Party would get to nominate in year three who would be mayor and who would be deputy mayor. And they, I was honoured that they decided, uh, even though I was no longer a Green, but they still uh, enjoyed working with me and uh, decided to nominate me as mayor. Um, and my colleague from the Green Party, Dr. Laura Donaghy, as deputy mayor. Um, and to be honest with you, it should have been, it should have been just a case of, um, okay, that's grand, uh, let's go. But uh, there was... A little bit of disagreement internally and there was another independent nominated as well. So it was a contested election. Um, but I'm delighted to say I got support from everywhere. I had people voting for me from Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, uh, Sinn Féin, People Before Profit, Independence, Labour, Social Democrats. So I carried it. Uh, I think I won 26-6 with seven abstentions. So it was a huge endorsement. It's actually, it's m majorly cool to have your peers, the people that you work with on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, um, give you that kind of an endorsement and just say, you know what, yeah, you'd be a good mayor, so go for it. Uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, I kind of wasn't expecting to win it and uh, did. So that was that was pretty awesome. And so is that kind of the same thing that, is that the same way it works all across Ireland? Is there anywhere in Ireland that does directly elected mayors? No, there's a pilot program. I, I think um, <clears throat> there's a pilot uh, project for a directly elected mayor for uh, Limerick coming up soon. And there's a lot of talk about directly elected mayors because they have directly elected mayors in all over the USA. They have them in the likes of Paris, Madrid, Barcelona, big cities. Uh, and of course, the mayor, the mayor of London, mayor of London is a very high profile role. But those mayors would have executive powers at a level way beyond. Yeah. Mayors, Lord Mayors and Cahirlig have in Ireland. Um, 
Like there's 31 local there's th- there's 31 local authorities in Ireland. Every single one of them is chaired by an individual who is either titled the mayor, the Lord Mayor, or the Cahirlock, which is the Irish word for chairperson. And every local authority is allowed to choose um, what they call them. Um, but powers, um, very very few, very little. Flight, flight, <laughs> um, telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> Telekinesis, flight, the power invisibility. Of love. It's it's invisibility basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as in, I turn up to events and nobody even notices I'm there. Um, no, the 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 mayor role in Ireland is very much a symbolic role and and kind of a managerial role from the point of view of the elected members. So the mayor has to chair all the meetings, all the committees. Oof. So there's a lot of work goes into that. Um, and then you're also you're trying to manage, like in theory councils should work on the basis of consensus. They are not organisations that are set up like like the Doyle, like the Parliament in Leinster House. It's not it's not set up where, uh, you know, a group takes control and they have most of the votes. There's no whip system. So you can agree or disagree with stuff as much as you want. So you don't have to, like we, as I said, like we as a group of four in the Green uh, Caucus, we had a, we have an arrangement with other parties but that doesn't mean that we support what they say or they support what we say. That's quite simply a case of let's get the budget done every year. Let's decide who's going to be mayor. That's that's it. That's where that's where the coalition ends. Um, so trying to manage that consensus and trying to bring all of the councillors on board is a huge part of the mayor's job. So you got to work with a load of different political groupings. And we've got a very, very disparate political setup in South Dublin. There's... Fine Gael councillors, Fianna Fáil councillors, loads of Sinn Féin councillors, there's people before profit and solidarity, you have independents who lean very much left, independents who lean very much right, there's a massive block of, of soft left uh, votes as well. So trying to sort of find that that happy medium where we can all agree on certain things, and there's some things of course we'll never agree on, and you just go with straight majority then, but I'm trying as much as possible to do things by consensus, and I think it's been working well so far. We're, we're, we're getting along with each other, we're, we're managing the council quite well. Um, people are quite happy with how things are going so far. So that's that's the administrative and managerial part of it. The major part of the mayor's role is symbolic. You represent the county at things. So, I mean, everything from I've written forewords for books, um, opened up campaigns, done videos to launch stuff, uh, and then just putting on the bling and going to things. Like, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to um, a women's football match Going up to see uh, P-Mount uh, United hopefully win their second title in a row. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the really cool part of the job. Mm. I just, I, I one of the things, and I've said it on the podcast before, I'm sure, is I am a people person. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy meeting people. And, you know, my heart goes out to my predecessor, Ed O'Brien, who was the mayor of South Dublin last year, because he was a fantastic mayor, such a great guy, such a personable guy, really, really just a really, really decent sort of a human being. And he had to do most of his events and appearances on Zoom <laughs> or on Teams because that was just, that's just where we were with yeah. COVID. But now there's stuff on, you know, we're way over 90 odd percent vaccinated. So events can happen. Yep. Um, so do you I'm have a mayoral mask, cool. like a branded mask with the crest on it? No, I think I'm like the, we're like the only um, county in in Ireland that doesn't have branded masks. Because I've been at events with the other three mayors of mm. Dublin. Because there's a Cahir look of Dunleary Rathdown. There's the mayor of Fingal and the Lord Mayor of Dublin City Council, and they all put on their really cool swish masks with the county council. And I'm wearing one that is like 
a big red one that I got for charity <laughs> or, you know, it's like, <clears throat> I'm picking up masks everywhere though. Cause like, you know, a lot of, a lot of organizations have branded masks and then when they want you to appear at something, they'll give you a mask. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the mask cause can always do with more masks. Yeah, wear them all at once. You're extra safe. Uh, <laughs> what's the the best thing you've either done or been involved with so far in your mayoral ship? Mayoral mayoralism. Mayoralty. Mayor morality. Morality. Mayorality. Morality. Mer, mayor. Morality. Being mayor. Since becoming mayor, Peter, what's the best? Thing? <laughs> um, I got to. Um, I got to give a speech at like the first live gig in the county since COVID hit, which was pretty cool. And it was, um, it was especially organized for uh, nurses and doctors and firefighters and paramedics, all of the frontline heroes, guards and all of that, like uh, all of the carers, all of the healthcare workers, hospital porters and the like. So we'd like... 550 people in Tallah Stadium and I got to go on stage. And of course, I wandered on stage with my can of beer still in my hand because I was just so excited at uh, being at a gig. Um, So it was class. And I got to just thank, like, thank the hardest working people in the world for all that they've done to keep us safe over the last number of months. Mm. And uh, and then also got to like MC a little bit and bring Jerry Fish on stage, which was which is pretty cool. Nice. Which is a which is a pro tip by the way. If you're ever called upon to give a speech at a gig, because no one in the whole world wants to hear a speech was, at a gig. That's just not was, a thing. To myself, I was thinking may, Pete may have really enjoyed this, but I don't know if everyone else did. <laughs> <laughs> so the key is to make sure that you finish the speech by introducing the headline ah. act. You're guaranteed a clap. Yeah, that's good. You're guaranteed rapturous applause. And I'm going like, yeah, they love the speech. <laughs> they love Jerry Fish. <laughs> they love Jerry Fish. <laughs> they love the speech too, definitely. Yeah. So what was the worst? What about introducing the gig for the bankers union? Was that great? <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um, I, I, there hasn't been a worst. Um, you can say like a six hour meeting or something like that. That's fine. No, you can I say this podcast if you want. <laughs> no, it's not even that. Like no, no, there, I don't. There hasn't been. No, I really enjoy it. I enjoy all of it. There hasn't been a even the meetings. Like I, I'm such a nerd. I just love it. I love the administrative side of it. I love bylaws, the, baby, the bureaucracy bylaws. Oh, standing orders, <laughs> standing orders. Yes, gimme, love it. Like agenda point three point five. Yeah, excuse me, I'm sorry, but according to Standing Order 25, subparagraph 15, <laughs> you are out of order. Mm. Love it. No, there's nothing. Borderline there's turned nothing on here. <laughs> Borderline? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I love it, man. No, it's great. Um, I don't think there's been a bad. I got to, like, I got to do some really cool stuff. I got to open uh, um, a gaming store in Tala, which, and I'm a massive nerd. Um, so that was great. Like, got to go along and like open a gaming store where they're gonna play Magic: The Gathering and Warhammer and stuff like that. And it was so cool. Um, not, I mean, cool is absolutely the wrong word, but right up my street. Anyway, um, I had to open a barber's. That was that was that was fun. Myself and Simon Delaney. You remember Simon Delaney from Bachelor's Walk and oh, like yeah. Ireland AM yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, still on TV three or it's whatever it's called. Good crack. Yeah, um, yeah. Got to do some cool stuff. I can't think of anything that's been. I got. I tell you one thing, right? Okay, this is this is the worst thing that's happened. I cycle everywhere. I have an electric bike, and I cycle everywhere. And um, 
I had this event in Jobstown, uh, in Tala, um, a really, really, uh, you know, really marginalised and disenfranchised place that's really been through the ringer over the last number of decades, but just such a brilliant, beautiful community. So just to go out to something organised mostly by the Nigerian community in Jobstown, and, and because I cycle everywhere, and because it was a lovely sunny day in early September, I said, uh, I'll cycle up there, that's no problem. And because it was warm, I didn't wear a coat or any rain gear or anything like that. And I bucketed out of the heavens for like the 15 minutes I was cycling <laughs> and then dried up as soon as I arrived. And I was soaked. Like, I mean, I was squeezing. I was wringing water out of my tie. The kids thought this was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. And like the problem was, I, <laughs> promised, them I'd, I promised them I'd stay for the, the whole event. So like I had to, had to spend three hours. Like I didn't mind spending three hours with them. Got to judge a talent show. Really cool. Um, had a bit of a laugh. Um, had some cake. That was cool. Um, but I was soaked. I was absolutely <laughs> soaked. Like my feet were wet the entire time. You had to assign someone with a mop to follow you around the place. <laughs> oh man, yeah. They were kind of looking at me like you're dripping everywhere, Mayor. This like, new well, mayor is you, very squelchy. He's <laughs> much squelchier than the last mayor. And <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that's probably the only the only bad thing that's gone on. I've realised as well how um, how uh, you know how how differently different mayors from different areas are treated. Because and this is not jealousy for a second, because I wouldn't swap my position for anything. I think it's the coolest job in the world. Um, You're but not a the Lord. Lord Mayor, the Lord Mayor of Dublin City Council gets uh, a house mm-hmm. and a car and a driver, and the Mayor of South Dublin, me, gets. Lend of a second-hand bike for the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? That's, why is what's with that discrepancy? Um, the Lord Mayor of Dublin, the Lord Mayoralty, has been around since. Um, we'll put it this way: King William of Orange is on their chain, so that's about how long there's been Lord Mayors in Dublin for much longer than that, actually. But that's how long the chain is around. So it's just a well-established um, role um, that's been around for a lot longer. South Dublin, as a local authority, is twenty-seven years old. Right. Um, it was formed 27 years ago when, because um, it used to be Dublin Corporation and Dublin County Council, and then Dublin Corporation became Dublin City Council. So it was Dublin City Council and Dublin County Council. But Dublin County Council was massive, obviously stretching all the way from Balbriggan or, you know, right the way down to, to um, Bray. Shankill. Shankill, not Bray. Bray's in Wicklow. Right. The edge of it. I was trying to think, <laughs> what is that little bit of Dublin just before? Yeah, Shankill. Um, anyway, so it's huge. So they broke it up. Dunleary Rath down in the south. South Dublin County, confusingly, in the southwest. <laughs> and Fingal up around from the northwest to the north. Um, and no one in the east, because that's the sea. And that's controlled by the mer people. a spear-throwing... A spear... Th- no, a spear-throwing Lord Mayor of Dublin. Um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so, so so that's what that's kind of why that's kind of why like we're we're quite a young council, and like we're kind of egalitarian. So it's not Lord Mayor, it's Mayor. Mm. And um, although I've just given up correcting people at events now because it's just they still call you Lord uh, Mayor. They do, yeah. And it's like, oh, the Lord Mayor said them. Actually, it's just oh, never mind. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you were setting up a council twenty five years ago and you want to call them the new Lord Mayor, that'd be a bit fucking stupid, to be honest. Yeah, people would be like, but you're even like, there's a bit, been a bit of a pushback over the last number of years. A couple of councillors in um, in Dublin City Council who've been elected Lord Mayor refuse to use the term Lord Mayor. They use the Irish version, Ardvera. 
Um, actually, there's a great story, and he wouldn't mind me telling you this because he's a he's a great chap, Michal McDonagh, who was a Sinn Fein uh, Ard Vera, as he said himself, or Lord Mayor of Dublin. He um, he travelled to Palestine. Oh yeah, this was the news. To, yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah he travelled to Palestine. I don't know if you ever heard this one, Richie, um, but he travelled to Palestine, um, and the Israelis tried to block him. They tried to block his travel. Um, because they didn't want a high-profile Irish politician going over there and, and shining a light on any human rights abuses that he might have come across. Mm. Um, but they couldn't they couldn't find him because they, they saw Ard Vera Michal McDonagh and they thought Ard Vera was his first name. <laughs> so they're like checking his passport in Tel Aviv or whatever. <laughs> it's like, Michal McDonagh? No, we're looking for Ard Vera McDonagh. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so he did cruises on into Gaza. That's <laughs> Not great. a bother. That's great. Uh, we touched on a little bit earlier about um, the fact that uh, your position, it's not elected. Directly you elected. Think, sorry, not directly elected. Do you think it should be directly elected? I think there should be directly elected mayors uh, in Ireland. I, I think like directly elected mayors with executive powers would be good for a number of reasons. Um, there are at the moment chief executives. Um, they used to be called county managers, but they're called chief executives running our county councils. Um, some of them are great. Ours in South Dublin is brilliant. A great working relationship with him. He's an incredibly uh, dedicated and driven individual um, and he's really, really good at his job. Um, so I don't have any issues with him. I'll jump in but here because you probably can't say it. Some of them, like the one who runs Dublin City Council, like like to build whitewater rafting spots in the middle of the city. You're right when you say I can't say it uh, <laughs> and, and, and cannot be associated with And they also with say things remarks. like homeless people <laughs> should be ignored or something like that. Again, no comment. Um, so yeah, so some of those chief executives or county managers can prove themselves problematic or can have an antagonistic relationship with the, with the councillors. That happens. And with the people. Um, the, biggest, the biggest issue for me is that they're not accountable to the public, the, the voters. Um, so somebody with executive powers um, running our county councils and taking executive decisions who has to then go back every four or five years and say, I want to be elected again. Or, you know, that's that's a positive in my mind, um, because then you'll start to see things that matter to people like housing, public transport, uh, the environment rise to the top of the agenda. I'm not saying it's not the top of every chief executive's agenda. Obviously, chief executives and county councils are trying to do everything they possibly can um, about housing and homelessness. It's, it's very difficult with the national policy policy that is uh, not conducive to local authorities being able to tackle housing and homelessness at the lowest effective level. But, you know, we could be here a week trying to talk about why national policy on this is shit. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, so I mean, look, just having a directly elected, accountable executive mayor who's in charge of, it has worked wonders for the likes of London. Uh, it does really, really well in other jurisdictions. The mayor of Paris, um, very high profile mayor, Anne Hidalgo, um, trying to phase out cars. Paris, total modal shift towards public transport, cycling and walking. What's it called? The 15, min- 15 minute city? Yeah, the 15 minute city. What a brilliant concept. It's fantastic. Like we're trying to do the 15 minute city on a smaller scale out here in South Dublin. But imagine if there was one directly elected mayor with responsibility for both the city and the surrounding counties, you know, with a number of different remits, not everything, not absolutely everything, but somebody responsible for housing policy, responsible for transport policy and the likes, then you could actually affect change because... People want to see change, and yet everywhere in the state, there's there's institutional inertia that makes it really, really difficult. 
Um, and then, of course, that just the lack of accountability, that the permanent government of the state, the civil service, don't have to go to the people and say, we, we want your faith, we want your trust. And likewise, county council, they don't have to. So we'll go out there. Now, look, that could obviously backfire horrendously because I could if be the people decide... If the people decide they want to elect someone who's going to campaign solely on the price of Freddo's, um, then, you know, that's it. But you know what I mean? If you're going to make a facetious point, pick pick something that's not a really growing concern for me, Peter, please. <laughs> you, I, I just asked you to prof- proofread his manifesto, Peter, not criticise it. <laughs> um, yes, but I mean Nolan 2025. Yeah, we're all there. We're all there. Um, yeah, the, the, so it could okay. be a popularity uh, contest as well, as opposed could to be a popularity yeah. contest, yeah. and 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 a lot of elections can be, and it's going to be tough. It's tough when it's because look, to be honest with you, I'm delighted, and I'm, I'm going to nail my colours to the mass here. I'm absolutely delighted that we've elected President Higgins twice in a row. Woo. I'm absolutely delighted that he wiped the floor with competition in his re-election that it was the single highest endorsement of any president running for re-election in history. But when you see, like, the dregs that surface to run against them, like, yeah. you know, it's... It, it, people treating it as a popularity contest. And, you know, enough of those happen. And, How many and somebody eventually former members of the Dragon's Den television show? Three of them. Three of them. Three of them. <laughs> Three of them. Dragon's for Den Christ Ireland sake, as well. Like, Not even one of the yeah, good yeah. Dragon's Den. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would, I, I'd, I'd hear out what Peter Jones has to say, or Deborah Meaden. I'd listen to Deborah Meaden. You know, I, you know what? I might give you president. I might give you an L number two. But I mean, the Irish dragons then. No. <laughs> I wonder. The voice I wonder if they were eliminated. Still a thing because that'll probably be the next one. You just want Brezzy as mayor and president. <laughs> That's all. You stop bringing it up, Richie. All right, come here, Peter. So we talked about directly elected mayors. What else? Since, like in the couple of the years that you've been directly involved as an elected representative, what else could you see as good changes that we can make to improve local politics? Allow local authorities to build, to build directly. Local authorities are not allowed, they're disqualified by law from speculating, so they're not able to generate revenue in order to build directly. So even when a local authority goes out and builds a, you know, what we call social housing, a local authority housing estate, Mm. that has to go through a developer. You know, when local authorities, um, when local authorities, um, when they, when they put something out, like when they sell a block of land, like, and and they get a lot of criticism and you see it like high profile criticism of like the decision around O'Devany Gardens and a lot of talk around other, other sites around, around Dublin that people talk about. And it makes the national news and all that. Like, you know, the, oh, I can't believe they're selling this public land. There's no other shagging way of building housing in 90% of the cases. And it's unfortunate because uh, it is, it's not ideal. It's not ideal that any private housing should be built on public land because we're in the middle of a, a fucking housing crisis. So it seems incredibly sensible to allow local authorities to act as the developer instead of bringing developers on. And I would also say local authorities should be empowered and encouraged to act as landlords as well, not just for social housing tenants. We should be out there renting properties to absolutely everybody because we should absolutely take the legs out from underneath the rental market because it's gone, it's gone bonkers. It's gone absolutely insane. And the only reason that national governments haven't done anything about a success of national governments is because they don't want the landlords to be out of pocket. If you're, but I would say 
let them let the local authorities come in and undercut absolutely everyone. Let a local authority build a block of apartments and rent them out for three quarters, two thirds of what the market rate is, because we we could be able to afford to take that hit just for the sake of getting people into apartments with security a tenure and let them save a few bob and let them eventually get um uh, let them get a um a deposit together buy a mortgage if that's what they want to do you know just let local authorities do the shit that local authorities were doing in the 50s and the 60s when we built places like Crumlin and and Ballyfermot um, Ballymun like we built settlements we built towns and now that doesn't happen to play um, devil's avocado then why did they why did they take them powers away neoliberalism Thatcher she was here too uh, bitch no yeah, but her influence her influence was felt here um, was there was there corruption there was a lot of corruption among uh, county councils. That is absolutely a given. There's been tribunals that have found that. Um, and look, even here in South Dublin County Council, we've got a checkered history and a dark one of um, improper planning. And that's why county councils are no longer empowered to take all of the planning decisions. We have professional planners in now instead of letting... Um, corruptible and bribable county councillors take the direct decisions over planning for private developments because that gets you into a lot of trouble. I mean, that's fine. I'm okay with that. We still have the say over what we do with public land. Do we go ahead with this development or do we do that type of development? That's grand. But again, there's very few options on the table because we're not empowered to um, to build housing on a massive scale. We, we need developers. And you, we're in a silly situation now because what happens is like we built... Loads of social houses throughout the 60s and then again in the 80s. Um, so out here in, in South Dublin, built social houses in the 70s and 80s. Um, North Clondalkin, South Talla, um, parts of other places around the country, around the county like Lucan, um, Temple Oak and places like that. Built social housing estates. And then neoliberalism reared its ugly head, starting with Reagan in America and Thatcher in Britain. And then we thought, oh, we could have some of that bit of neoliberalism. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? We called it the Celtic Tiger. And then we started, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there was that as well. But even before the Celtic Tiger uh, came about, we were were selling off council properties to people. Saying, oh, wouldn't it be better if you owned your own home? Um, You know, don't you want to buy? Don't you want to buy? So people bought these houses. Then they sold these houses on to, you know, either other private sales or to vulture funds or the likes. And then basically now we're in a situation where the housing crisis is so terrible that county councils around the country are leasing back houses that they sold 30 years ago on a 25-year lease to pay massive rent on uh, to put a social housing tenant in where they recoup a fraction of the cost. And then at the end of the 25 years, they don't even own the asset. So it's crazy. Let us build more. You know, Minister for Housing, I know you're a subscriber. I know you're like inner circle, what am politics. Um, Let us build a huge fucking load of houses. Please give us the money to do that. We'll go and we'll do that. Please. That's in a nutshell is what would improve local politics. (laughs) Uh, Speaking again about something that could improve politics, not just local politics, but politics in general. Do you think, as a as a hip modern millennial who's knocked around online quite a bit, do you think politics would be better without Twitter? Politics would be kinder without Twitter. Um, there would be... I don't know. I like Twitter. 
I do. I like being on Twitter. I, I've always said, like, I'm not a politician who started using Twitter. I'm a Twitter user who entered politics. So I look at it a little bit differently. But I mean, yeah, I, I just wish people didn't have a target on, a back, on their back for everything they said. Like, you know, if we just, if everybody could just take a moment to sort of go, are you, are you serious? And then people would have the opportunity to say, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, of course I'm not. Like, I, I, um, I, I, I had a tweet out recently, um, did a few numbers, you know yourself. All right, like, um, but it was about, like, how pissed off I was that the clocks were going back. Um, mm. and I, and I, and I said, this will never change because we share a land border with a, backwards ass nation that prizes um so I was like kind of made a little bit of a pop at Brexit which is one of the most stupid decisions in the history of electoral politics I stand over that opinion um but like I was only joking because I've got a three-year-old who gets up at six o'clock in the morning and you know will would be getting up at five o'clock in the morning when the clocks go back so, I mean I'm not actually genuinely blaming Britain for my problems I'm just like oh the Brits, Ugh. you know, it's a meme. Yeah, um, but and no, a common sentiment still, in Ireland. Yeah, and a common sentiment. But that's still, I still, that's still left me. Oh, look, another politician with ang- an, an anglophobia issue. I was like, I'm not, I'm not serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if if it would be better without. I mean, I don't know. I think Twitter is only a very small proportion. Regular Twitter users are a very small proportion of. Um, Yes, the the people of Ireland. Yeah. So I have I have been a lot uh, more chill about things since I kind of realised. It's only like I just only like nine percent of Irish people have Twitter accounts. So imagine what fraction of those actually get, use them on an active basis. Yes, yeah. are the vocal the vocal yeah? Of it. It's yeah. so few people, and it's just not. But the problem is that like that becomes a headline, and like the the media reportage of Twitter is weird. That's the it's thing. It's just so yeah, weird. It's a, it's, a, it's they, like an incestuous circle. The tabloids circle. will go and yeah, they'll go. The tabloids will go and find. You know, politicians slammed over anglophobia remarks. Yeah. <laughs> and they go and find some bot account like at Richie six one four nine five zero seven. It's sixty nine four twenty. Thank you. Blaze <laughs> <laughs> it, nice. Um, you know, they'll find that like some bot account with no followers mm. who says something, and they'll turn that into a headline. And then it, a vicious cycle, as you say, Steve, a vicious, vicious circle. Um, it's terrible. I don't know. Uh, social media is really useful uh, for politicians to get their message out there because God knows traditional media is in is in serious trouble. Um, it's in serious, serious trouble. People aren't buying papers. And then you pick up a paper and you read it and you realise why people aren't buying papers uh, very, very, very quickly. Um, the Irish traditional media have taken a bit of a lean in recent years to sort of go towards, oh, let's, let's publish more controversial opinions, which are absolutely not controversial. They're just the status quo in big capital letters. Um, like, oh my God. Ooh, ooh. How shocking. How shocking. Another... Another shocking think piece um, about Catholicism <laughs> in a country where most of the schools are controlled by the Catholic Church. Oh, controversial. Uh, oh, another shocking think piece from a straight white man. <laughs> that's that's uh, incredible. Um, so yeah, you see why people aren't investing in, in media and, and so there's, I'd be seriously worried about the future of traditional and print media in Ireland. Uh, thank God we've got state media. Um, uh, so pay pay your television license, even if you think RTE is shit, because uh, without RTE, the world would be a lot worse. Um, the world. Yeah, so social media is important. <laughs> hey, I watched a toy show whatever I'm abroad, so that that statement stands. 
<laughs> um, we are getting nice and cynical to, to lead into this question. Um, second last question of the interview, and it's a good wind down a one on politics one because it's something that I'm thinking about a lot myself. So, Pete, you've been in politics for a good while now. You did mention that if you, if any of your scions were to want to get involved, you'd be uh, giving them a good talking to. So, I mean, is it worth it? Is being involved in politics worth it? The stress, the tension, the conflict, the frustration. Is that actually worth it to be involved in democracy? Yes. Wait, no, 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 hold on. Take a longer pause. Like you're like build some drama and then we'll like. Okay. okay. Do, you want to, do you want to ask me the question again? No. No, no, I, okay, well, okay, I just hang on, hang on, hang on. Shh, 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 shh. let's like let's build this. Yes, it's the best thing I've ever done. Ah, it's hands down. It, it's a big decision. It's a lot of work. Um, I knocked on thirteen thousand doors before being elected in the local elections, and I went on to knock on more in a by-election and in a general election. They were ultimately unsuccessful, but still, every single conversation at a door. Every single time I shook hands with someone and was promised a number one vote um, was worth it. Every single action I've taken as a county councillor to try and represent my constituents to the best of my abilities. Uh, Being elected mayor, every single time I cut a ribbon or turn up to a book launch or go to visit a school and, you know, the kids want to see the chain. Every single bit of it is worth it. Democracy is probably not the best system of government in the world, but it's definitely better than all the rest that we know of so far, uh, to paraphrase a rather famous quote. And uh, yeah, I love it. I would just talk my children out of it because I think nepotism has no place in politics. (laughs) And I don't want my grandsons or granddaughters, the little bastards, trading on my name. (laughs) What if they pay you loads of money, though? Oh, I'm okay with naming rights. Yeah, yeah. I'll sell my naming rights. That's no problem at all. Well, that's a good answer and very well uh, soundtracked there, Richie. Really, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Hans Zimmer. I got it, I got hang on. Wait, where did I put it? Fuck. Hang on. That would have been a lot better if I was quicker. <laughs> that's if I'd said no. If, I, if I'd said no, that's that's the soundtrack for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. that's a good answer. And I'm very glad that an active politician who's who's in the rigmarole of it is coming up with an answer like that. That's good. I think I think it takes a certain type of person. And I have realised over the last two and a half years of being an elected politician, I am absolutely and definitely that person. Oh. Um, but it's like, it's not easy. Absolutely none of it is easy. And you've got to develop, if you don't already have, you have to develop a very thick skin. Um, and it's still it's still never nice that people talk about you in the third person like you're some kind of I suppose you are like you're a public figure mm. you just got to deal with it how do how do real celebrities deal with it <laughs> like how do like actual well, genuine people well how do we talent, deal with like, it Steve exactly. <laughs> alcoholism Richie obviously <laughs> <laughs> I mean we talk when we talk about you Peter in the third person it's always lovely and it, even though I've never met you, I'd love to meet you and have a pint. So if that offsets any of the negativity, probably doesn't. That, uh, but that offset just about all of the negativity. <laughs> no. That's I'm perfect. still not convinced you exist because I haven't met you in person. <laughs> I've only ever heard your voice when we talk. This is the first time we've done a video call when we've done these. It is. And so I, I don't, maybe you're a very advanced AI that Steve coded. Yeah, right. Of, 
No, Steve coded it. Like, there's no way here. I've, I've, been, I've been terrified this entire time I'm recording through the wrong microphone. Don't worry about that, Richie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richie, you're, you're, a, you're a lot more handsome than the still image that pops up when we're not doing a video call. Uh, it's just it's the third dimension really does a lot to kind of accentuate yeah. <laughs> how, how big my eyebrows are. You don't get that across. <laughs> I mean, you're you're aware that the barbers have reopened, though, yeah. Look, yes, but every time they they do anything, it just pops back out. Like it's like the you know the play doh things where you press and it just keeps coming out. <laughs> if I push too hard a, when I poop, it just <laughs> it's an absolutely staggering buffon. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Timothy Shyamalan eats your heart out. Richie, yeah. this Steve, you're, you're exactly as handsome as you were last time we recorded. And not so. even recorded, but also we're, we're, we engage in a hobby outside of political discourse these days as well. And that's why, Richie, I want you to ask this last question. Well, I don't understand this. Ask okay. it. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's cooler? Dark angels or blood angels? Sorry. That's a really, really, really good question. And before and you answer the question, could you explain the question? Because Steve wrote this question. Are, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> these are factions in the game Warhammer 40,000. As I mentioned earlier on, I'm a massive nerd, yeah. but, uh, you know, so is Steve. Um, and if I say Dark Angel, Steve will be happy. So, of course, my answer is neither of them. <laughs> Ultramarines. It's got to be Space Wolves. Yeah, Space Wolves are it's cool. Gotta be space space wolves. Space wolves are cool. All about the Vikings, man. That Viking aesthetic. That's what it's all about. Peter has gone rogue and went and developed his own space marine faction based on Celtic mythology and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's like fan fiction, but without the um, without the sex. We will include a link to his entirely uh, PG-rated novel. <laughs> <laughs> where where yeah, are you going to put that emperor's spear? Is the title? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Available at all? Aaron Dembski Bowden's going to sue me. <laughs> This is very niche. It's gone very niche. This is not good. Don't worry I'm about very it. Very niche. I have a broad appeal as a politician and you use a ruin. You have a broad appeal as a politician, but I can tell from your Instagram post, you get the most excited when you're doing nerd events. Of course. Sports. I I get well, the most, who are you joking? I get the, sports. You don't care. I get, no, I get excited about sport as well. It is possible. It is possible to be a nerd who loves yeah, sports. Yeah, baseball, Steve. but that's it. It's the only, it's the nerdiest <laughs> sport there is. I, do, I know. I do love baseball. Leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, speaking of your Instagram and that kind of thing, where can people find you, Peter? I am at the Cav Official everywhere, more or less. Um, I'm not on TikTok because, as you point out, I'm a millennial, um, uh, which nowadays means an old person. <laughs> yeah, when did that shit happen? Like, I don't know, but there's, there's like two generations have come I mean, after us. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, we're going, we're in. Oh, give me some avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> my impression of a millennial um, <laughs> an old timey prospector <laughs> millennial yeah this I'm is why, for this Bitcoin is all my life <laughs> this is why uh, this is why mainstream um, print media is in serious trouble because you can still pick up an Irish broadsheet newspaper and read a column of somebody complaining about millennials and how soft and entitled and whiny millennials are and it's like millennials are nearly 40 yeah Right? That's not who you're thinking of. So please stop. Eh. Yeah. But you're I mean I'm pretty soft at the time. <laughs> yeah, That's just me. Um, you're probably a, you're probably a Gen Y. Jenny. Uh thanks Peter. Thanks for coming on. I, I look forward to the day I meet you in person and I get to uh hug you. Oh, uh yeah. 
uh, yeah, rub our beards together, get them stuck together like Velcro, and then, we, and then we just go from there, see what happens. Just go from there, see what happens, have a tangle, have a point. That's please. it, that order. Look forward to it, lads. Thanks a million, pleasure as always. Gonna miss you. Gonna Aww. miss your podcast. Gonna miss it. It's interesting. There's a few episodes I will and, and continue to, to go back Aww. to. Um, your ones. You know, my ones, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> just... <laughs> I think I'll I'm a bit bored I think I'll listen to myself talking to Stephen <laughs> that was good this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com 